Well, this is a very peculiar weekend for me to preach because, first of all, I inadvertently looked at the wrong readings for the weekend, apparently, because when they were reading them at the last Mass, I wondered if she was reading the right readings because that's not what I recalled when I did my preparation. And so I looked, and sure enough, it was I who was wrong. And, um, and so that was the first peculiarity of the weekend. The second is, is that I'm only preaching these two Masses, the one that preceded this one and the Mass right now, because tomorrow the bishop will be here to celebrate the 8.30, and then there's a retired priest covering my 10.15. So then there's, like, while I don't necessarily want to preach a homily that I had intended that would have been more catechetical or teaching-like about the sacrament of baptism, because I don't want to deprive the rest of the congregation, and so maybe we'll save that one for next year. There will be maybe a little taste of that tonight, though. This feast of the baptism of the Lord is also perhaps a little strange for us to celebrate right now. Just yesterday, I was celebrating Mass at Relevant Radio in the morning, and then they had a luncheon afterwards, and one of the people there asked me a question. They kind of recounted to me the days of the liturgical year that, well, we just celebrated Christmas on December 25th, Christ as an infant. Then last weekend we had the Epiphany, the Magi visiting the Christ, and there are some that think that the Magi visit may have happened when Jesus was one or two years old, so a little older than an infant. And then, and then we have today, the feast of the baptism of the Lord, when Jesus is 30 years old, he's an adult, and is immersed in the waters of the River Jordan. And then, 40 days from Christmas, on February 2nd, we'll celebrate the feast of the presentation of Jesus in the temple, as he was there in the temple presented to Simeon, who then received the fulfillment of his life's mission. These liturgical celebrations from Christmas to the presentation with the baptism of the Lord in some ways might give us a little whiplash that as we celebrate them, well, we go from Christ's infancy and childhood to now his adulthood. There's perhaps a few different reasons why we celebrate the baptism today. The first would be that it was the long-standing tradition of the church for centuries that after Christmas, they would have the Epiphany 12 days after on January 6th. And then after that, the next Sunday, you would hear the Gospel of the Baptism of the Lord. And the following Sunday, you would read the Gospel of Cana. Because these are the three traditional epiphanies or revelations or manifestations of God. First, through the star. Second, from the voice from heaven. And third, through Jesus' public ministry and his miracle. Also, today really begins this first Sunday in ordinary time, and uh, as we enter into ordinary time, we will have uh, the public ministry of Jesus. So it seems fitting to celebrate the Feast of the Lord's Baptism. In our own consciousness, baptism for us is for infants, for the most part, and maybe that's why it's a little confusing as we celebrate the Lord's Baptism at 30, when we hear the word baptism, we think of a child. The other question people often ask about why 
Jesus is, why did Jesus need to be baptized? And there are a few reasons that are offered. I remember a number of years ago, there was a a very popular priest, Father Benedict Rochelle, out in New York. He was on EWTN. And he had a rosary of light right when the mysteries of the rosary, the luminous mysteries, came out. And when he would give his little meditation, he said that Christ had no need of baptism, but did it so that he could more so identify with all of us. In one of the prayers of the church for the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, it says that Jesus was baptized to restore old man to new life, to heal his sinful nature, and to clothe us with unfailing holiness. Might be another reason Christ was baptized, so that the old man, the old Adam, now in Jesus the new Adam might have new life, heal our sinful nature, forgive that original sin and of us, and then clothe us with unfailing holiness, that sanctifying grace that is given to us in baptism. I'd like to maybe suggest another reason for Christ's baptism was that it was Jesus's inauguration or initiation into his public ministry. So Jesus begins his mission or receives his mission from the Father tonight. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Other Gospels add, listen to him. And it really is the beginning, that from the baptism of Jesus in the River Jordan by John the Baptist, he goes then, and he goes to Cana, and there performs that miracle, manifesting his power to change even water into wine, even that having a symbol of baptism, that the water symbolizing the baptismal waters transforming the human person, and then the wine, the blood of Christ by which we are redeemed. So it's the beginning of Jesus's mission. Our second reading talked a little bit about that, Jesus's mission of healing, Jesus's mission of casting out evil. But what was Jesus's mission that he came to die? that Jesus came to die on Good Friday, to be placed in the tomb, and then to rise from the dead and to gain for us everlasting life, to open the gates of heaven. So as Jesus is baptized, it's really him saying, I know I'm going to die. For all of us, when we are baptized, we say that we have died in Christ and now have received new life. And This is very much symbolized in the Christian funeral, that when someone is brought here to the church for burial, on the day of Christian burial, there are many different prayers, many different symbols. As the caskets at the front of the church, first sprinkled with holy water, through the waters of baptism, so-and-so died with Christ, may they now come to share everlasting life and glory. And so because all of us have been baptized, well, that promise of Jesus, of why he came to give us eternal life by his death and resurrection, well, that now is a promise given to us through those waters of baptism. Also, on that day of funeral, clothed in a white garment, that just as the child, when baptized, was brought here to the church and clothed in white, that now on that funeral day, clothed again in the garment of the baptized, On the day of baptism, it said, See in this white garment the outward sign of your Christian dignity, 
bring that garment unstained into the eternal life of heaven. Again, in death, we recall the fact that we were baptized and clothed with Christ. Also standing nearby the casket, the Easter candle, calling to mind the temple virgins who are the, 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 the vigilant virgins of the gospel who were ready with flame of fire for the master's return. And so we bring that baptismal candle of ours into eternal life, still aflame by God's power and by God's grace. And so really going forth from this life, not only clothed in the garment of the baptized, but with that candle fire alit. Really, as Jesus came for his mission, that on his baptismal day in the River Jordan to begin his mission to die and rise from the dead, well, the same is true for us, that through our baptism we have died with Christ, and because he died, he now gives us promises. He promises to those who believe in him eternal life. Today, as we profess that faith in the creed, as we profess our faith in God, the Father, Son, and Spirit, it's an opportunity for us to renew that day of our own baptism, to renew that grace of mission that God has given to all of us, to renew those graces so that truly we might have unfailing holiness all the days of our life.